We are in John's Gospel, and we're not looking at everything. We're looking at people encountering Jesus Christ. That's what a Christian is, a person who has not had a physical meeting with Jesus, as they would have in John's Gospel, but a spiritual encounter. And even those who we are looking at, they saw Jesus with their own eyes physically, but spiritually they had an encounter as well. Now, when God created the world, he said, let there be lights. And the world was created, according to Genesis, in six days, and on the seventh day God rested and he blessed it. A Christian is a new creation. I am a new creation, no more in condemnation here in the grace of God I stand. And we are in the first week of God's new creation. In the beginning was the Word, and Jesus is the light. And we have looked at John the Baptist, uh, and he uh, is preaching Jesus. And we're given three days of John the Baptist ministry. Interesting that Andy is also looking at John the Baptist in Luke. We didn't plan that. And then, what we'll look at this morning is two of John's disciples encounter Jesus, and we're given three more days of them following Jesus. And that's six days of the new creation. And the seventh day is the beginning of chapter 2, where Jesus performs his first ever miracle. He blesses the wedding in Cana. So here we are on the third day of John the Baptist. And we saw last time that his sermon was really one theme. Yes, he preached repentance, but he got to the point where he pointed people to Jesus Christ and said, Behold the Lamb of God. And two of his disciples responded to the sermon, not on the second day. So verse 29, the next day, that's the second day. But on the third day, verse 35, again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. So John didn't see these two converted the first time he preached, behold the Lamb of God. It was the next day that they were converted. And even if you're not going to be converted this morning, I'm going to preach next Sunday morning. I'm not going to stop preaching Jesus Christ, even if a few are converted, because that's what John the Baptist did. That's what preachers have done ever since. And we are not fair-weather preachers. Preach the word in season and out of season. So we're going to look at two people this morning who had encounters with Jesus. The first is Andrew. He was one of John the Baptist's disciples, and he was converted on the third day under John's sermon. And Andrew and his friend, and we don't know who his friend is. It could have been John, the author of this gospel. They go and follow Jesus. And then Andrew shares with his brother, Simon Peter, who's very famous, and he says, come 
and see this wonderful person who is the Messiah. So Andrew and his brother Peter, two people who are converted and have encounters with Jesus. Isn't it wonderful to think these are the two first disciples, the two that left John to follow Jesus, and then when you had Simon Peter following Jesus, that makes three disciples. So the church began with two and then three members. Praise God for this many. Over the summer, I preached to my smallest ever congregation in the middle of Wales, in Tregaron, and it was three. Didn't bother me one bit, because three was the number that Jesus had in the verses we're going to consider this morning. And Jesus himself said, where two or three are gathered in my name. And we're not gathered in the name of Heath Church this morning. We're gathered in Jesus' name. Now, two things I want to say. Every conversion is different. Andrew and Peter came to believe in Jesus Christ in different ways. I want to say more than that. Each conversion is unique. So those of us here who are converted this morning, if we were to share our stories, this is my story, we're all going to have something different to tell. And some of you are going to say, I haven't even got a story because I was brought up in a Christian church and I've always known the gospel, so I can't point to a time where I didn't believe and then I came to believe. It's all gradual. Well, that's a story in a way, isn't it? So all of us who are Christians this morning will have come to Jesus Christ in a different way. And if you're not a Christian, I don't want you to think that you have to have a certain kind of experience to be truly converted. There's only one way to God. I am the way, said Jesus. No one comes to the Father but by me. But there are many ways to Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at the differences in these two brothers, in how they are encountering Jesus. Now, isn't it amazing that Andrew, who's not a preacher, is converted under a sermon? And one of the greatest leaders and preachers of the Christian church, Simon Peter, he's not converted under a sermon, but by Andrew witnessing to him. I think God has a sense of humor. Were you converted under the preaching of the gospel? You don't have to put your hand up, but how many people here, I wonder, were converted in the pew where they're sitting now, maybe, under Vernon Hyam's preaching? It wasn't Vernon Hyam, you know, it was the Holy Spirit working through him. But so many were brought to know Jesus Christ in this place under a sermon. And that is how Andrew is converted. I've already mentioned the theme of John's preaching. There was nothing special to it. It was Jesus Christ, 
the Lamb of God, as I was saying to the children, the one who has come to take the penalty for our sins. John didn't uh, change his message. Uh, I find it so encouraging that there was nothing special about uh, John's sermons. I was in a conference once and there was a man speaking and he said, and I found it very discouraging, if you're a preacher, you've got to preach sermons that are of publishable quality. Well, that's me done. John the Baptist, yes, I know, in a sense he had his sermons <laughs> written, but he was a plain preacher. I had somebody from uh, the church here share with me how their father was converted under Mr. Hyam's ministry here. They hadn't realized that their father was in the meeting. And many years later, they listened to the sermon on tape. They thought, this must be a wonderful sermon if not only my father, but apparently a number of other people were converted in the same sermon. So they listened to the sermon on tape, and after about 15 minutes, they had to switch the tape off because it was such an ordinary message. Dare I say, even nothing special about it. Something like that could be said of John. Behold, the Lamb of God. There's nothing particularly attractive about that. What made it special was the power of the Spirit upon it. And I hope you haven't come to church this morning to have your mind tickled. Uh, we're not the kind of church that tickles people's emotions, are we? <laughs> But our danger is to come here just to hear a lecture. I'm pointing you to Jesus Christ, friend. And whether you know much or little about him, I want you to come and trust him. I don't want anybody to leave the Sunday morning services and say we didn't hear the gospel. Whether it's in the children's talk or the hymns or the sermon, Jesus Christ is being pointed to. And I love doing that. And Andy and Nathan love doing that. Paul said, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. So, I don't know, is there somebody here this morning who's being spoken to in a sermon, even in a plain gospel message like this? Andrew, on the other hand, after he was converted under John's sermon, Imagine if John the Baptist had given up after the second day. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I've still got my disciples with me. Their hearts haven't been touched. And he would have given up and not preached the following day. We wouldn't have had Andrew converted, would we? And then Andrew, 
as we had in the reading, he just shares with his brother, who happens to be Simon Peter. Uh, he first findeth, verse 41, he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Now we'll look at the meaning of those words in a moment. But this is the point. Andrew is witnessing to his brother. So there's nothing special about this. You don't need a degree in theology. You don't need to go on a course to know how to witness. All Andrew says to his brother, come and see, I've met this person. You don't have to understand a great deal. I've experienced something and I want to tell you about it. I want you to experience it. And Andrew doesn't even explain that much to his brother. All he says is, come, come and see. If Andrew had stayed quiet, Peter would still have been a fisherman. If Andrew would have kept it to himself, there would not have been that sermon on the day of Pentecost. It's not just us who are preachers are here to witness to the gospel, but you who were converted... And there's nothing special, is there, about saying to a person, come to a meeting, come to the chill and chats. Come, I hope it's not too early to say, come to our Christmas Eve service. Do you know how, how I got to hear the gospel? Do you mind me sharing? I, when I was a student, we used to share rooms. You don't have to share rooms now, do you? We had to share rooms. And I shared a room with a really shy, he was even shyer than me. And he studied mathematics. And my roommates had a friend who was also studying maths. And this friend was a Christian. And the Christian who was doing maths wanted to invite his friend to the Welsh Christian Union. So that was the witnessing. Like Andrew, witnessing to Peter, come, come. Uh, this friend who was with uh, uh, his other friend studying math, he said, come, come, to the Christian Union. And then my roommate, who wasn't a Christian, felt sorry for me. And so he invited me to come along with him. And God moves in a mysterious way. My roommate wasn't converted. I still don't think he is and I was and the friend of his who was the Christian studying maths is one of my closest friends at this moment and he'd prayed because he felt very lonely in university that God would provide him with a Christian friend Was there anybody here saved? Not in a sermon, but through a word of a family member? What I find amazing about God when he works, and this happened in this church, somebody needs to write about this. I know we've got a book of the history of the church, but there needs to be detailed accounts, doesn't there? Of the way not just individuals in families were converted, but whole families falling like dominoes. Don't you long to see that? Don't you? 
And it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a Christian this morning, it doesn't matter who you are. You can witness. You may not be able to preach. You may not be able to stand in the pulpits. I don't, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> but you can witness. Have you ever heard of Edward Kimball? Has anybody here heard of Edward Kimball? Edward Kimball was a very shy person, and he was a Sunday school teacher. And he saw one of the boys that he taught in Sunday school in Chicago. You might know the rest now. He was working in a shoe shop, and Edward Kimball felt he just had to talk to this boy who he taught in Sunday school and just say something about Jesus. And so one day he plucked up the courage to go into the shop and just to say something, and it was very broken what he said, and he felt that he'd done a bad job, but do you know who the boy was? D.L. Moody. Edward Kimball was the Andrew that God used to convert D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists in the history of the church. Uh, one of my favorite preachers in Wales is called Christmas Evans, since we're on Christmas. That was his name. He had one eye, and he had messy hair, but he could preach, and thousands and thousands were converted. Now, the man that he was converted under used to say, I don't have many children, spiritual children, but I have many grandchildren. I've got many spiritual grandchildren. So th th that's the first thing I want to say. Every conversion is different. We mustn't stereotype. There are many paths to Jesus Christ. I want to ask, are you converted this morning? Don't get worried if you haven't been converted in exactly the same way as somebody else. The most important thing is that you do come to Jesus Christ. Now, let me uh, say my second point. Not only is every conversion different, but every conversion is similar. Now, I hope I'm not confusing you. What you have in the cults are clones. People are forced, brainwashed to respond in a certain way. And so what you've got are people, they all dress the same way, don't they? Have you ever, well, you've seen Mormon missionaries. You can, you can see that they're Mormons a mile off because they're dressed in exactly the same way. The young men who become Mormon missionaries, they're even wearing the same ties. People just say the same things. They haven't understood anything. And people live in the same way because it's been drummed into them. Now, that's not the case when God is at work. God does something new. God doesn't uh, force the gospel upon us. Our personalities remain intact because God has created us as we are. Andrew isn't going to change. Peter isn't going to change. But, because it's the same spirit that is working in all these different people, there are certain things that are always the same. Many paths, but they come to the same destination, don't they? To Jesus Christ. That is what happens at conversion. Whatever, whatever your story it's got to come to the point where you close in with Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a saying, isn't there? All roads lead to Rome. 
And in the centre of Rome, there is a monstrosity where all the roads meet, and it's a monument. I don't know if you've seen it. They nickname it the typewriter, the locals. And wherever you are in Rome, with all the architecture, you can see this monstrosity. Thank God that it's not a monstrosity that's at the centre of where the roads of conversion lead to. It's the beautiful Jesus Christ. So there are similarities. We come to Jesus Christ. John the Baptist. What did John the Baptist do? John the Baptist prepared the way. John the Baptist pointed to Jesus the way. And when Jesus came, what did John the Baptist do? He got out of the way. Let him increase and I decrease. So John the Baptist was rejoicing when two of his own followers, Andrew and this other person, left him and followed Jesus. That's a great man for you. Christmas Evans, he wasn't a good organiser. So many people who were converted under Christmas Evans left his church and went to join the Calvinistic Methodists. And Christmas Evans rejoiced because they were converted. I, I find it thrilling to be in a church that has sent out people. And it's hard, isn't it, to do that sometimes. Uh, uh, it's good to have a new trainee, but... When we had Howell, I thought, we, we don't want to lose Howell. And yet, what a privilege to send him to another church to preach Jesus Christ. Now, it's not easy when people leave a church. It's a horrible, horrible experience. But my friends, don't take this the wrong way. If those people are now settled in another good gospel church in the city, then isn't that's a good thing as well, in spite of all the pain? Isn't, isn't it good that we're living in a city that has so many gospel churches? I'm giving you a warning. Uh, we are going to have a pulpit swap. Me and Dave. Are you rejoicing over that? That the minister of Highfields and the minister of Heath are going to exchange pulpits. Can you rejoice this morning that the gospel is going out, that people are following Jesus, even if other things are not your cup of tea? So every conversion leads to Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the son. And Andrew, Andrew wasn't that gifted. The commentators are not very kind on Andrew. They say he was just a, a nobody. But whenever we come across Andrew, do you know what he's doing? He's bringing people to Jesus. He can't help it. I was uh, in Lampeter last Sunday and I was having lunch with a couple and there was a man there. And this man, he wasn't a preacher, but he would witness to anything that breathed. Uh, he, he used to uh, uh, work, uh, um, uh, well, what do they call the men who go around crying any old iron? He used to be that. Well, now he's going around saying, come, C come to Jesus. So, 
So whenever we find Andrew, he's doing that. He brought Simon to Jesus. He, he was the one who brought the lad who had the loaves and fishes to Jesus. Andrew was the one who brought the Greeks uh, who wanted to see Jesus to the Saviour. Uh, th- this is what J.C. Ryle says. By such testimony as th- that before us, and by nothing else, men and women are converted and saved. It is the exalting of Christ, not the church. Christ, not the sacrament, not baptism or the Lord's Supper. Christ, not the ministry, even if it's a great ministry. It's by the means of lifting Christ that hearts are moved and sinners are turned to God. And I can rejoice if Christ is being lifted up. Can you? Can you? Yes. Somebody said the church is the only organization in the world that exists purely for the benefit of its non-members. That's good, isn't it? Wouldn't it be great if this place was filled with non-members? People that didn't dress the way we might be comfortable with. People that had backgrounds that we might shirk over. But they're hearing about Christ. And if they're being drawn by the Spirit. That's what happened when God visited this church under Mr. Hyam's ministry. People were just drawn. They couldn't explain why. Let me tell you, when Christ is lifted, it's like a magnet. Christ is like uh, the bonfire material. Uh, When you did the bonfire last night, it was raining and you had to have combustible material. Christ is the best combustible material for the Holy Spirit to set fire to. Shouldn't we not be surprised if there is little power upon the preaching in our land because we're not using combustible material. But then, notice, Jesus says, when the two come to follow him, what do you seek? I'm going to come to a conclusion here now. What do you seek? Because there are all sorts of weird and wonderful kind of, I don't know, (laughs) experiences of Jesus, aren't there? Um, you know, in the area of Lampeter, Wynne and Angela are familiar with that part of Wales. You've got all these weird communes. And when, when I'm in India, and when we talk to people about Jesus and believing in Jesus, they say, oh yes, Jesus is a God. I believe that, along with the other thousands of gods. So what is the Jesus that we come to? And believe. Let me just go through what Andrew says. Come and see. We found what? The Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. What? People were expecting the Messiah, that was the deliverer that God promised to his people in the Old Testament. And in Jesus' day, there were many messiahs, false messiahs. And people were expecting the messiah to come and deliver them from Roman bondage. They were Jewish nationalists, like the 
Scottish nationalists or something, they wanted independence from Rome. And they thought that the Messiah that would come would give them that. But when Jesus came, he wasn't talking in such a language. He said, the kingdom that I've got is not the kingdom of this world. The deliverance that I'm offering is deliverance from an even greater bondage, the bondage to sin. The chains that I'm going to break are the chains, not of Roman captivity, but sin's foul bondage. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And he's the Christ, he's the anointed of God. God anoints uh, in the Old Testament by his Spirit. And Jesus Christ is the one God sent. For God so loved the world that he gave his own Son, his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And it's not easy believism. These call him rabbi. And that doesn't just mean teacher. It means we're going to follow you. We're going to submit to you. We're going to go wherever you go. We're going to say whatever you tell us to say. And he gives Peter a new name. Whoever is in Christ is a new creation. Do you know in India, when a person is baptised from a non-Christian background, say a Hindu who is baptised, do you know what happens at their baptism? They're given a new name. They adopt a Christian name. Isn't that good? I don't know what you make of that. Uh, and, and they've got wonderful names in India. They've got names like Happy and Smiley. Is, is, isn't that good? I've already quoted it, but when I was first converted, it was Welsh I was familiar with. But in the English Christian Union, we sang this, and I sang it with all my heart. I am a new creation, no more in condemnation. Here by the grace of God I stand. My heart is overflowing. My love just keeps on growing. Here in the grace of God I stand. And I will praise you, Lord. And I will praise you, Lord. And I will sing and tell to others of all that you have done. Every conversion is different. Let us never stereotype. That's what the cults do. But every conversion is the same because it's the same Jesus we come to believe in. It's the same spirit that is working in us and it's the same faith that we all have. What about you? Are you converted? Have you come to Jesus? And if you have, are you still walking with him? Are you following him? Are you saying, I believe you, Lord, even through the rain and the fire. I believe in you, even in difficulties and discouragements. I believe in you, even though I be outnumbered. It gets discouraging at times, said the same poets. But I know I'll make it. 
by the saving grace that's over me. May God bless you. And may every one of us here, as we started the service, be happy indeed. Not because of circumstances. Definitely not because of the weather. But because we have come to Jesus Christ. And we want, don't we? To tell others about him for his name's sake. Let's sing now to God be the glory. Great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son who yielded his life an atonement for sin and opened the life gates that all may go in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice.
Father, we just thank Thee uh, for this church, uh, for the gospel uh, that is going out from here. We thank Thee uh, for uh, Tabernacle, for the gospel that is going out there, for Highfields, uh, for St. Mark's just down the road, uh, for Gabalva Baptist, for Emmanuel Gabalva, for uh, Grangetown, for the Bay and St. Melons, and we don't want to forget the Welsh, uh, Emir and the Welsh Church. And Father, we could go on and on. We just praise Thee for so many gospel churches in our city. And we just want, oh God, everyone uh, in Cardiff to follow Jesus. And for us, oh God, may we follow even closer until we're just obsessed, not by other things, but by Jesus Christ. Now let us say the grace together, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all forever. Amen.